Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast, the community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Hello, 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 and happy new experiences for 2022. Um, probably hear a little raspy in my voice. I've been down with um, the common cold. And he still does exist. Um, he was very adamant on ensuring that he took me out rather than just let me be. Um, so I <laughs> was battling him, a couple negative tests, and still um, he wanted to linger around. Well, nonetheless, we got him kind of on the back burner. Um so I hope all of you are staying healthy um, during this time in which is very, very easily um, possible for you to be sick. Uh, with that, though, I want to do something to help perk your spirits up, boost your immune system. And that's these new faces and fresh voices, which highlight people you probably don't know in the community that's just doing some amazing things. So today's episode is one of those, Catherine Hagigi which uh, Catherine is in Alaska, a beautiful spirit. And I met her um, through, I think it was Genius Catalyst with Michael. Also, I wanted to highlight some resources that are available for you out there. And when I do these resources, I want you to remember that everybody who listens to this and who we talk to, I consider us one team, one love with one vision, and that's to end human suffering. So this podcast um, other podcasts like Psychology Has It Backwards with Auntie Chris or Michael's Caffeine for the Soul, you know, um, those are all resources that are there to help us um, ourselves and for us to point others to um, this understanding, you know, to help end that human suffering. Also, out uh, uh, recently, we just had the e grounding and awakening. That was amazing. Uh, Michael has Creating the Impossible that's starting. Um, I have Letters to See It. That's going to be a reflection and gratitude event where we just come together and write letter. It's, I mean, or read your letter, rather. I'm sorry, write letter. I know. But actually just read your letter um, that you've previously written to, to see it and, and just to what this, this understanding has been able to help you see in your life. Um, after that, I have a course starting called Alignment, which is um, how you thrive anywhere, anytime. And I go through a series of things that I particularly find um, helpful to put into place or to align um, for a better experience. Um, that's probably the easiest way I could say it. Also, beyond recovery, our friends across the water have a virtual impact program. And um, they're calling it a master course in the three P's. Uh, that's Derek, Mama J, Omar. So check them out at Beyond Recovery. We also have another uh, resource and event, Awakening to the Love Within. Uh, this one is done by Be Well Nutrition, uh, but listen, the people on that panel, Mavis Kern, Rohini Ross, Marina Galan, are probably some of the most beautiful people I know. Um, so you want to check that out. You really do want to check out that awakening. And there's others on that program as well. Uh, other beautiful people. I think I saw Tom name on there. Um, I don't have it in front of me. That was just kind of like playing off memory. But go out and check out those resources that are available and remember, remember to subscribe, push this out so we can continue to grow. We're here. We love you. And without further ado, welcome to today's episode. My guest today is a trained music therapist who's worked in hospice care for over 15 years. 
Her experience with patients and their families has greatly impacted her work as she transitioned from working in the field directly of educating professionals about hospice care. I'm going to read that all over. <laughs> all right, here we go. <clears throat> My guest today is a trained music therapist who has worked in hospice care for 15 years. Um, meeting with physicians, healthcare facility directors, and insurance companies about hospice care, continually shed light the lessons that she had learned from patients young and old. Her experience with patients and their families greatly impacted her work as she has transitioned from working in the field directly to educating professionals about hospice care. She has a love for storytelling about living and grieving. For her, there is no separation. She is passionate about recognizing the compelling moments that inspire and provoke what living is all about. She has presented her work nationally, internationally. She's authored, she's co-authored journals, articles, chapters, and a multitude of presentations in the areas of music therapy, loss, difficult conversations, and diversity. She currently lives in a very cold place called Anchorage, Alaska, where she's with her husband and have chosen to raise their three daughters and four pugs. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Hagigi. How are you doing? So happy to be here with you. Oh, man, I got through that. Woo! <sighs> all right. Now, that's the only like formal, formal part of all of this. I had to kind of read through it. Now we can kind of relax and go, hey, how you been? <laughs> <laughs> you got Hagigi right. That's beautiful. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Man, Anchorage, Alaska, which shout out to Anchorage Air Force Base. Yes. Right there. How far is it from you? Literally two miles. Yeah. Um, I made sure that was never on the sheet. We, we have this thing called a dream sheet and you fill out the top 10 places you want to go. Anchorage, Alaska are both A's, so they're all in alphabetical. And I never, ever thought, no, no, just, just, just bypass it just by, by sheer coldness. And I ended up in Montana of all places. And it was negative 31, two feet of snow when I arrived. I was like, maybe I could. So uh, <laughs> what is it? What's the temperature now? It's probably about minus five out right now. Oh God, and you got a smile on your face. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes minus five feels warm. <laughs> really? Really? I I've never had that experience. No, no, <laughs> never had that experience. Must be this different reality thing in the 3P we talk about. There you go. Negative five has never felt like anything but negative five to me <laughs> oh man well i'm so happy you're here um in so many different places to go um but i guess we'll start with music um take me back to where you first remember falling in love with music first memory of that uh you know childhood yeah just people singing all around me, family. Um, sitting down on at a farm, just sitting in the living room with guitars and everyone singing. Yeah. Now, where did you grow up? Where was this at? I grew up in Ohio, okay. in the Cleveland Ohio. area, actually. Cleveland, you know, Cleveland in, Ohio, okay. But about two hours south of there, uh, my parents and my aunt and uncle owned a farm. And we'd try okay. to get out of the city and go down and 
spend weekends there. So uh, yeah, those are my first memories of people singing around me, just being totally filled with, with song around me. Oh, that is so cool. And then you, did you just pick it up, join the band or what? How did you kind of keep you know, up with I, it from a kid? <laughs> you, know, you take your piano lessons or you pick up the guitar occasionally, but I never considered myself a formal musician at all. Um, okay. And I got into college and uh, heard about music therapy and thought, well, what is this, you know, taking music and, and, and using it to serve people. Um, and ended up majoring in that and continuing on for graduate study uh, because it was just magic to me that you could go into all these different environments um, and bring music to people to maybe offer them hope. Music is one of those universal languages, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I have a few stories around music, but... I want to hear more about what was school like. Like, was it learning different genres? Was it just like, how was a, a whole college career about music therapy? Like, what was class like? You know, there's the traditional stuff where you have to pick up all the different instruments just in case the client would want to learn something that you don't know, you know? Right. Uh, so lots of sliding trombone, trombones and uh, crazy noises on a clarinet. But... Um, you use the instruments that you're most, you know, well-versed with. And I think uh, in actual classes where um, you're practicing and, and being out in the field or at a hospital or um, in a classroom uh, with kids or wherever the internship experiences take you, uh, yeah. that's where, that's where you're really learning how to interact and use, use the music to its greatest potential. And, and that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it sounds cool. It, it sounds very cool. So you get into music therapy, which sounds very early, like you knew you wanted to help. Yeah. Was that because of something maybe you were going with little Catherine, like, uh, you know, was it just that? I mean, just your spirit is so sweet. So maybe it was just, you know, one of those you're one of those angels that maybe just came here knowing that. But like, um how did you how did you know so early it was you wanted to help because i mean your entire career seems like has been devoted at some sort to service well yeah i guess i guess it was just something we did you know that yeah. that you're you're always serving people um and growing up we were always helping with you know whatever was going on in the community um but i think that i looking back you know i don't think i thought this out loud at the time mm -hmm. but looking back I think I saw that the potential of the music itself brought something into the arena that was that isn't there with just talking or 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 serving alone so so what is that you know how do you harness that uh, because it can change a room as you know you know you, people create together in some way or another. And then there's that magic of music on top of that. And creating music with people in the moment is, is really magical. And that just harnessing that power was really intriguing to me. When did, when did it start making sense that, um, you know, okay, there's the concept of music therapy as we go through school, but once you start going through the experiences, 
what were you seeing that you were like, okay, wait, music is really therapeutic? Just being present with people with the music. Yeah. Take me out of it. Right? <laughs> I like that. And I like so that. <laughs> I, I'm just providing this sound or or I'm just interacting to create it. And and feeling that happen. Yeah then anything is possible within that. So, so I think it wasn't um, like, oh, I, I want to get to this goal or I want to, to make this happen for a person, but just to be able to be in the experience with them, that, that made sense. I love that. That, that made things happen without me having to do much. Um, and to witness that is what really caught my attention. Yeah, I can see that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> you spend a lot of time talking about a very difficult topic. Yeah. And loss. How did that come about that you start seeing no separation between that, that loss of physical life and, and, and life? Well, I think um, it occurred to me very early on that the idea that this is difficult uh, isn't present in all cultures, first of all. And it is more present in our culture, our, our Western culture, than we realize it, how we make it difficult to talk about. We get uncomfortable talking about it. No one wants to go there. And so operating in that gets even more uncomfortable then. So it's just like these layers of uncomfortableness that, that people experience. I started to wonder why. Like why, why, does, why does this have to be uncomfortable? Uh, and, and that was before, I, I think I started thinking about that before I started working at hospice. It made a very nice fit for working with hospice patients. Okay. Um, and, and then uh, in the work uh, with children and adults, um, both in working with patients that were dying and in grieving groups, uh, the messages that I was getting from from people experiencing it, where I just don't want people to feel uncomfortable around me. Why do people feel uncomfortable? And so why, why are we? Um, it is so much a part of life. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is our, it is our reality, right? It, it, it's yeah. our reality. I mean, as soon as we're born, we, we begin this process of, of declining as we grow and, 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 we're, we're always surrounded by things changing and, and loss, even in our seasons, even in the landscapes we live in, things change constantly. And um, I started to think, you know, this, this conversation can be changed. I like that. And was that the, would you mark that as kind of like the inspiration for the book that's coming out soon? The book, uh, We All Die, which um, you've pushed back and you've pushed it back, which makes it more juicy, correct? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, but was, is that what the, the book is all about? So, yeah, the book came about. Um, so I, I've been away from hospital work for a while since like, we moved up here to Alaska. And okay. um, but the just living life, the stories of the patients that impacted me so much just kept coming back to me. And I started, started writing them down because why not journal about the things that are coming up, right? And um, I 
came across a quote by um, Anais Nin, who uh, says that this life is this process of becoming. And, and it's a combination of states that we go through and, and where we fail is that we elect to stay in a state um, and remain there. And in that sense, that's a kind of death too, if we stay in a particular state and don't progress, right? Mm -hmm. And so this idea of, of constantly becoming um, and becoming who we are within from one moment to the next throughout our whole lives just made sense to me. And, uh, and I thought, you know, we do, we all die. There's no way we're going to get around it. Eventually we all do. Right. But in the meantime, we have this opportunity to become in each new moment. You know, it's so interesting how much people don't live the full extent of their life because they fear dying, which is inevitable. Like to, to close down experiences as if I really can prolong it, <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually quite interesting now, you know, in when I'm talking to you about it, it's like, huh, I thought like that, or I thought that way, you know, and given that it can happen at any moment or any notice, it's like, why wouldn't you live to the fullest? You know, why would you be scared of the experience? Um, I, I love that. So you, your whole career has been either in some type of, like I said, music therapy or in hospice care or in coaching and in writing. And I mean, what's now, what are you doing now that's that you're just seeing continuously seeing the, the, the inside out understanding work for people? Well, um, certainly finishing up this, this manuscript, which has been, um, helped me to become who I am at this moment. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and also working with my wonderful colleague, Susan Merz Anderson um, in British Columbia uh, on our group, Crossing the Rivers of Life, which has been just a gift. Uh, we're almost about a year of, of having, this, having this group take place uh, weekly and um, learning every day. From that and 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 witnessing beauty in in people's lives from that group, and then doing some uh, more local work here at our with our uh, Alaska Regional Hospital, um, who does a lot of community work and um, offering various talks with them uh, to community members, which has been just lovely. And we do it outside, which is even better. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no matter outside, what maybe over here in California, it may be, but uh, no, you got to bundle up. I wouldn't hear anything. I have <laughs> three pair of earmuffs, two skull caps and a scarf. I wouldn't hear anything anybody be saying. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the group, if I, if I wanted to come to the group, what, what would I you know, how would I find it? What, what could I expect? Uh, do I have to talk? You know, things like that. Sure. Well, it is, it is, does play, take place on Zoom. It is um, a small group intentionally, and we have a way for, for that to expand with small pods, because I think talking about life experience, death, your experience of grief, um, and what that means in regards to living um, is best done in a small group of about okay. five or six people. Yeah, uh, Susan and I um, run the group 
on Zoom, as I mentioned, and um, and it's an hour. We get together, we talk, uh, and we we go with where the group is in regards to starting now and looking at possibilities for the future. Yeah. We we share stories, we share memories, but how does that inform us from right now going on to the next moment? And, and we go there to the deep, the gutted feelings, but then look at how that helps us to take the next step and what's next. Um, so it's very different from a, a bereavement group or a support group in that sense. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's making a shift. Um, and uh, either on my website or Susan's website, we have the connection uh, for how to find us with that. Oh, I love that. I remember, um, I can only imagine the type of things that people are seeing um, in the group because I remember when I got the call that my nephew had died and uh, he was only 11 months old. And so my younger brother um, asked me to be there for him and, you know, go through the funeral process. And we actually did the pallbearing, me and him, to walk the casket to the grave. And I remember hugging him and, and telling him, I didn't know how, but just give me some time. I'll figure it out. Growing up in a household together, but I left when I was about 18 to go into the military. He continued growing up in that neighborhood. So we had two different lives. Um, I didn't have anything other than his love for music. And I remember calling my cousin and I was like, hey, man, I, I need to learn something about music because I had no I knew nothing about it, you know, no more than my uh, traditional workout playlist. So I finally get him on the phone and I was like, hey, man, teach me how to do this. And we just started connecting, mm. started talking. And there were a few times on those calls that um, you could see a shift. For me personally, um, this understanding and what has opened me up and given me the ability to do when you say serve people and see suffering and, and looking at things that are um, truth, we all die. Uh, and, 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 and the thing about that truth is we don't know when either. Yeah. So saying my nephew died at 11 months was before his time is unknown because we don't know how long we have. And I remember coming to that insight after I saw what his death did to my family. It was the first time in the 40 some years that I've been living that I've witnessed my mom and my father at the same dinner table. Uncles and aunts who hadn't talked in a while were talking because there was no pointing of fingers. This was a baby. Mm -hmm. And it just cut through a lot of tension and things that other deaths may not have. Maybe, maybe an older cousin, it would have been a lifestyle choice. We could have argued or something like that. But when it was the baby, nobody cared. And I saw a healing throughout my family that me and my siblings, my cousins have been trying to do forever. Mm. But within 11 months, my nephew did it. 11 months. And so that's what I hold on to. Yeah. That's, the, that's the, the story that I tell myself that makes me smile about how beautiful his 11 months were here. Yeah. Because I get to see that. So um, 
Yeah. If that's what you're doing for people, God bless you. Mm. Well, and Rob, what I love about the story you just told is how immense that impact is. Yeah. Immense. I mean, it's not just one person. That's your whole family. And that's not for one moment. That's, that's, it's affected you the rest of this life so far. Yeah. Right. right. And, and I'm sure for your other family members. Yeah, it, it really just shook some things up. Yeah. Um, everybody started looking at all everybody a little bit differently. You know, we were holding each other a little bit closer. Um, mm. Yeah. So beautiful. And that was right before COVID. Mm. So it was before COVID that it happened. And when I say I believe that wave of conscious change within us is what got us as a family through the many deaths and things we've had to go through through this was the unity that the strength we got from that one. Yeah. Wow. Because there was a lot of other suffering, you know, throughout the way losses of family member, gun violence and things like that. But we were all able to handle those a lot better given that we started from what I, we call my nephew, fat man, starting from a uh, fat man's death, you know? So, um, yeah, just, just, if, again, if that's what you were doing for people, God bless you. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's on you now, the entire community's listening. Um, and, and they really want to hear, uh, what it is that you have to say. Hmm. You know, I think, uh, I think what I have to say is that we can, um, so easily as you just described, change the conversation around death and dying and people's experience of grief. And, and I'm not saying that it's all rosebuds and rainbows. I'm saying we can change it to shift our own lives into spaces that are um, meaningful and in many ways, surprisingly beautiful. And in changing that conversation, live more full lives. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind, have the day you deserve. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.